0: Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albastia Cruel Dubai. Welcome back. You are watching Luck on Sunday. A week ago, I was privileged to hear the innermost thoughts, as were you, of Paddy Brennan. And what a fascinating character he is. Much of his assessment of his life and career was based around his relationship with one of my guests today, Fergal O'Brien, who's enjoying a landmark season. From his new base, and I'm delighted to say we can spend a bit more time talking to Fergal about that. Now, I don't know how much you enjoyed Paddy last week, but he's a he's a great character to talk to and an intriguing one as well.
1: Yeah, look, I I, I did enjoy watching Paddy, and I I've always enjoyed listening to Paddy. You know, I'm very lucky that we've we've always had a great relationship. Um, you know, we don't socialise that much together, um, but we've we've always had a great working relationship. You know, he explained the, how he ended up. Coming from Howard Johnson's to us, you know, mm. it was a phone call through me, um, who I spoke to Nigel, and you know, and um, that's how he ended up coming down to us, um, and it just went from there. You know, we've always got on. I've always sort of, I've always, um, I've always understood him. I suppose is, is the long and the short of it. You know, we'd have spent a lot of time in the car going racing with him um, to saddle up and one thing or another. and So we've always had long, long talks, and, and well. I've always had long listens anyway. (laughs) Well, listen, I don't want to
0: make this all about him. No, no, I know. For the second consecutive week. (laughs) And nor does he, I'm sure. No, no, I know. But this is what he said last week. So is it the quest to find the next cue card that's spurring you on, or is it the quest to help Fergal O'Brien become champion trainer that's spurring you on?
1: Probably help Fergal O'Brien become champion
0: trainer. Do you think that's realistic? Absolutely. Absolutely realistic that he could become champion
1: trainer. Is that your overriding ambition? No. I'm sorry if that sounds unambitious, but it's realistic. Um, To be a champion trainer, you have to train at least 150 horses, 200 horses. Um, That's never been an ambition. My ambition is to enjoy what we do, um, train as many winners as we can, and I get as much kick out of um, an auto 100 run huntington today if it runs well as I will going to Cheltenham and having a winner at Cheltenham. Um, it's about including people in what we do. Um, we're, we're a very open yard, and it's about giving people a, a good day out um, and, and enjoying it. It's a, it. This is a fantastic sport. I, I said to someone the other day, I, I always feel privileged to train race horses, especially jump horses. And um, I love to get that across to other people who you know, might not be able to afford a whole horse or half horse or you know we've got a lot of syndicates who have got nine or ten or some with 20 people in it and what we like is to make them inclusive in in our success and some of our failures you know um, and you know to, to bring them along for the ride and you know um, Chris Coley's been a obviously my business partner and he helped get me going and Chris Coley that that was his business was hospitality mm-hmm. and we are at the end of the day we we're, we're a, it's a great sport we are a leisure industry and to get people involved and to include people and to to get them to enjoy a, a day out racing or a day on the gallops, actually I get a bit as much a kick from someone sending me a text saying, "Thanks for this morning, I had a great morning you know I uh, went back to work, and it felt great after after spending a couple of hours with the horses you know I just love that, and we get that quite regularly you know so um that that's what that's what i my my ambition is to is to train as many winners as we possibly can every season um to keep improving and uh to, to to keep happy.
0: Tell me a little bit about your new facility.
1: So yeah I'm very lucky I've got a lovely owner uh, Jane Tufnell who happened to be on holidays with uh, Mr and Mrs Lowe, Rupert and Nikki Lowe and uh, Jane knew that we were looking for somewhere um, that we'd been given notice from, from Norton and um, sort of been the clever lady she was. She picked a moment um, knowing that Rupert Lowe's a businessman and uh, she pitched the idea she obviously sold me very well, so she must have told a few porkies along the way somewhere, <laughs> and um, she arranged a meeting between myself and and Rupert and Nikki Lowe. And from the outset, pff, uh, they were just brilliant. You know, Rupert and Nikki, um, Nikki especially, just he just really loved the idea of having the horses there. You know, they haven't owned race horses. Uh, Rupert's dad owns some flat horses, but um, you know, Nikki rides and uh, daughter's done a bit of an eventing and this stuff. And when I turned up there, I just. Yeah, uh, there was the, the barns were there, the buildings were there, and, and nothing else. And you know, I wouldn't claim to have the most vision in the world, but I just felt something there. And um, they, they drove me around, and we looked at a couple of different places where we could put some gallops in. And like Paddy explained last last week, is that we took four horses over there, and we we, we rode up four or five different options, and and. Uh, the, the, one of the options where we put the gallop in now, so um, it all went from there. Yeah,
0: because when you were at Norton you'd been there for a long time anyway. When you were assistant to Nigel Twist and Davis, and you had great years years together, and then you went back and rented the yard just over the road, essentially, yeah. and used the used the same set of gallops.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was you know we put a similar gallop into to, to what's at Norton you know. So, but you know, going back, you know, four years ago, it suited everyone. You know, the top yard was empty, so financially it suited Nigel and Kathy. Um, I was. Again, having to go out of where I was because the farm had been sold, and um, it just suited everyone and it, it kicked starters again. You know,
0: how anxious did it make you that you had to leave? I mean, it must have been difficult for you when you first first realised.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I still I knew I had another years. I knew I, I was I was told in. Um, sort of May 18 I think it was mm-hmm. and and you know I knew I still had a another you know I, had to, I have till July 20 um, on my lease but you know at the same time I was always conscious that Willie Twiston Davis and Ryan Hatch wanted to have a business uh, start their business up and you know I didn't want to hold them back we'd outgrown the yard anyway you know we had 54 boxes there I think it was probably had 75, 80 horses on our books so you know it was always a constant juggle um, but we were doing well there, so you know we would have probably tipped along and, and kept juggling. But it was the it was the kickstart that we needed, and it mm-hmm. suited everyone. And, and you know, once we got going, and um, you know, we started looking, and things came along, yeah.
0: So now you must feel great.
1: Yeah, a million dollars. Yeah, I do. I like, really
0: do. Like master of your own destiny a little bit more.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, that's yeah. You've hit the nail on the head there. You know, you know, we had probably twenty-five, thirty people at the yard on, on Saturday morning you know, it's our place, I'm not treading on eggshells, you know, don't have to worry where the cars are parked. And, you know, Kathy was an absolute fantastic um, landlady, but, you know, but it used to get very busy there and we'd always be worried that someone would block her in or someone would block Sam in, he's trying to get out to go racing, you know, and it's just something you don't need to need to be thinking about on a Saturday morning when, you, when you've when got your work mornings. And that's the other thing, we've been able to change our work mornings back to, to Tuesdays and Fridays, so Saturdays are a lot more relaxed for us, you know, you're not trying to have to work horses plus having 25 people there. Which we encourage. We love people to come and you know,
0: and people still talk about you as up and coming and a new kid on the block. But yeah. you've been part of the furniture of British and Irish racing for. Well, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to make you feel old, but for quite a long time now, and you've got a lot of experience. Oh. Tell me where it all really began.
1: Alex Hammond came to the yard the other day and she thought I've been training twenty years. I've actually been training eight years. Is what yeah, I've been training. So I'm not a new kid on the block, and, and you know, I'm, I've been nomadic a little bit. But the nice, the lovely thing about Ravens as well is you know I've got a twenty year lease. Mm-hmm. which you know which could be extended as well if I, if I lived that long um, but yeah so um, I didn't I, I worked while I was at school in, in Irish so very little to do with Irish racing at all mm-hmm. so I've been in England since I was 16 and I, I suppose the underlying fact is that is that I've been very lucky very very lucky and, and you know no one, you, you can't underestimate what luck does for you in life um, and I've been lucky that I've been in in the right places at the right time and met the right people
0: so, what have been your your successive breaks along the way? If you could break it down now and go, it was that, then that,
1: then that, then that. From from the very start, I came over and I, was, I went to the racing school. I was meant to go back to a, a different yard from the racing school after my nine weeks at the racing school. It was a small yard up in Cheshire. They couldn't take me, so um, Major Griffiths, who was in charge of the, the racing school at the time, he sent me to Tim Foster's. You know, absolutely fantastic ground. I met friends at. Tim Foster's that, you know, I still have now, 30-odd years ago.
0: And this was in the Carl Llewellyn, Luke Harvey yeah, era. Yeah,
1: Heel Davis, even. Eul Davis, about that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. will Davis actually got on seats off, nearly self-fell off, but he got on the seats off Uncle Merlin, actually, when he would have won the national. 1990, Mr. Fr- yeah. Mr Friss national, so yeah. You're, you're
0: convinced Uncle Merlin would have won that oh, yeah, national? Oh, yeah, without a
1: doubt. It was good to firm ground. He was absolutely clipping along. He wouldn't have been caught for, for no one, you know. I think it was five out or something. So, um, yeah, he, he, I think he would have won, yeah. So from those times, you know, and then I, you know, I, I was there for three and a half years, and um, I, I took a job with a private trainer because I wanted to be a jockey and get rides, mm-hmm. and that wasn't going to happen at the captains. Um, I said I went to the captain after being there two years and said, you know, I'd like to have, have a go at riding, and he, he he was as nice as he could and said, you're you're a very good lad and you're a, you're a lovely lad, but I don't think you'll ever be a jockey. What did you think? I probably, in my heart to heart, I probably thought he was right, but I, I, I wanted to give it a go. So I got offered a job to go and work in a in a, in a private yard. Uh, and who was that? A chap called Colin Cowley. Yeah. Trained up near Mark Weald, and he worked with my, my my brother Brian. And I worked for Colin. Alan Davis was um um, was the was the was the man who I was working for, and uh, um, his daughter Judy used to ride. Yeah. void National. Um. So um, yeah. So I was there for about nine or ten months, and then that. That sort of folded a little bit. And, and again, I was lucky enough that I, I bumped into Carl Llewellyn. He said, look, Nigel Twiston Davis, I just started riding for him. He's getting going. They had about 35 horses, 40 horses that year. Um, and then when I joined him in the July, it sort of went up to... Peter Scudamore retired, went up to about 85. So it was massive. Perfect area. timing. Just timing, you know, and you know, there was plenty of lads there, but I was still, I was, you know, I was able to school and things like that. And but I, I never wanted to, you know, I, I never really wanted to ride. I had a go at riding. I had a couple of rides under rules, and just loved the, the, the sort of training side. And I, I was there probably, I was there a season, and Nigel put me in an overflow yard down the road at uh, Mrs. Moulds and uh, looked after five or six horses there, and all the horse, all the rough horses that are, were having a break or injured or whatever. So. I just went from there, and then the head girl left, so got promoted to be head lad. Chris Maud came along, so the two of us did it mm. together. We just had a lot of fun when Chris Maud was there. We just had an awful lot of fun, and uh, we had some great years. You know, it was just fantastic times. You know, young Hustler was there, and Captain Dibble, and we just had great times. And uh, and Chris went off, and he was first jockey at pipes, and then took over the balancing business. And you know, I was still there, and I was Nigel's assistant, and Nigel and Scoo split up, and, and and you know, so it was all that side of it, and. We was there for some not so great times as well so that, that you learn as much in those times as you do in any other time and then um paddy came and we had great times again uh and then um carl llewellyn came back and and it was uh, you know i was instrumental in carl coming back he was training for malcolm denmark and i i, I met him one day at the races and he said I wasn't going well and i came back and i said to nausea it's not going well for carl and i said i think you know you know Carl's a great people person. I think he, I think he'd be great for us. You know, if we got him good back front in, man. yeah, good front man. He'd be great going racing and and all the rest of it. And and he was and he is. He's and you know that that's what he's good at. And but when he came back, the dynamics all changed a little bit. So it was just Nigel and I, and the jockeys would come in, and the dynamics changed, and Sam started riding a bit more. Patty was getting shoved a bit left, and. I was moaning about it a bit, probably, and it, it was probably time for me to move on. You know, things weren't happening, so it was either put up or shut up. So Chris Coley said, "Look, if you if you want to go out on your own, I'll back you." Um, Timmy Murphy just bought a farm at the time with his father, not uh, with his father, not, and that's where I set it up. And that's so Like I said, i just it's all about time, and you know.
0: And you talk about some of the characters that you've been involved with all that time. I Nigel and Davis is an intriguing human being for sure, and and has become. Immensely successful, uh, Peter Scudamore, who have been a guest on this show. Amazing success story. Very intense. Paddy Brennan. We've talked about a yeah. lot. It's a, a very interesting cast of characters. So to to dance your way around that for fifteen twenty years takes a bit of diplomacy. Something you're probably putting into practice now.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, th- I think I, I I've never I'm a teetotaler, so. Um, I think I've always been their drivers, so I've always got their true side when I'm picking them up from a from a pub drunk or from somewhere they shouldn't be drunk. One or the other, you know. So I could tell a few stories, but I won't. Um, but yeah, so great characters. Look, We've got plenty of time. No, so. <laughs> I've, got, I've been very, like I said, I, it, you can't underestimate luck. And I know, you know, I've always worked hard. I've always had a a very good work ethic, and um, that that's always, you know, that was ingrained in me. Um, so I've always worked hard. So, but you you do need a lot of luck, and you know. Chris and uh Jeff Keyes would be another another man who'd be you know, instrumental in, in, in what I do, you know, from a business point of view. Um, you know, I left school at sixteen. What do I know about VAT and things like that when I started training, you know, but Jeff was very good and, and guided us, guided myself and Chris really, you know, and, and um so so again, lucky to meet people like that and I've always had their support, you know. Um I-
0: you, you say you're a teetotaler, Is that, has that always been the case?
1: Yeah, it's always been and, I, and because you're Irish, people think I was an alcoholic or something, but no, um, all my family drink, and I think that's probably why I don't drink, you know. Um, I've, 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 I've seen plenty of it, and uh, I've just never enjoyed it, really. I've never found anything, you know, you, someone has to go to the pub in the summer, they'll have a pint of lager, and it'll be the, the best thing in the world. I, you know, I've I just never found that drink that I, I really enjoy drinking, so I just don't drink.
0: Is there an element of self-control about it? You don't want to yeah, lose lose your control.
1: Yeah, for or, or, or an element of being in control. Yeah, and that's always been my way, probably a little bit. You know, um, when when, uh, when 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 Sally and I aren't quite seen eye to eye, I always get to control one back, turn back at me. So, <laughs> so it's probably where it comes from. Yeah, uh,
0: Sally, of course, is Sally Randall. Yeah, your other uh, half. Yeah, partner. And how important has she been in your life
1: and the development of this stage of your career? Huge. You know, um, she's gone off working today, she's, she's got, she trains a few pointers herself, so she's off at FOSS last today. Um, she's the, she has a huge work ethic as well. She just, you know, doesn't stop. Sometimes it can be absolutely frustrating because you just want to switch off and just not talk about horses. Yeah. Um, so, and Sally Boy's all the, the point pointer pointers It's, you know, I, I got a, a bollock in yesterday because we went to um, the Doyles, uh when we were over Punchestown last year with um, with Ballyhome, and we went down to the Doyles to look at some horses, and there was a horse that she really liked, and I just didn't like it. It didn't move well, and it had sarcoids, and I didn't like it. And then she said, "Oh," I said, "No, it, it wasn't. It was very, and it was very, it was a reasonable price money for a Doyle horse, you know." And mm-hmm. we left it there behind us, and uh, it was Chris Gordon's horse to beat us in the big handicap <laughs> yesterday. So. E. Had a bit of that last night, but she's very good, and and you know we we you know we get on very well. You know, like go back to Silver Hallmark. You know, I was very lucky that the, 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 when Alvarado retired, the rooker said, "Look, you find one, and, and you know we'll help you. We'll do our best to, to to get you one." Um Silver Hallmark was the one that we really liked. That Sally really liked when we went to the sales, and and they agreed with us, and um, you know we bought him. You know, Poetic Rhythm. We we paid thirty five grand for him. How did you meet? Oh, quite weirdly. Um, Sally rode for for me at uh, in the Grand Military, sorry, the Royal Artillery. Mm. Uh, she rode Bradley for uh, an owner of my Jim Collett and Jim insisted I hadn't met Sally. I'd seen her on point of Point and I hadn't hadn't really didn't know Sally. And she came and she she rode, uh, she rode out one morning. I wasn't going through a great time but at the time. You know, my, uh, things were my marriage was just broken up, and horses weren't running great, and owners were going different directions. What happens in life, and. Sally came and rode out. Didn't see much of her. She rode Bradley on the day. He won. I said, are you going back to the, to, to, to the palace to see the Queen? She goes, no, I can't do one thing or another. Then didn't see her again for probably two and a half years. And I just bumped into her at Doncaster one day. She was rushing in and rushing out like Sally does. Um, said hello very quickly. Had a very quick chat. And then she was going off to Perth. I came home. i just moved back to Nigel's, at the, to Naunton at the time. And... Um, Came home. Didn't know her situation. She could be married, could have had four kids for all I knew. Didn't I wasn't on Facebook, didn't do any of that sort of side of it, so didn't know it looks. So I thought, oh, I'll just send her a message. I wrote a message about four times if you fancy a drink, deleted it, wrote it again. Anyway, I sent it and surprisingly enough she must have been drunk in Perth or something, but she agreed to go for a drink when she came back from Perth, and that was four and a half years ago, so the rest is history. That's
0: just It's a great story. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It's a great story. So I, We still remember her as Lance Bombadier, Sally Randall, writer yeah. of Oakfield Legend.
1: Yeah, Oakfield Legend and Bradley, and then she won on Loose Chips. Mm. And then we managed to drag her out of retirement. She said to me one day... Um, I'm blank now the John, John and Val King's horse that she won the hurdle on um, for, for us a couple of years ago um, she said to me one day I'd love to ride him in the, I'd come back out to ride him in the military hurdle over two miles and I said we've got we got better horses that you can ride um, Ratify
0: Ratify yeah yeah, the old horse
1: but, yeah the old horse I said we've got better horses I said, he's 14 years of age he's never won a hurdle race and he's never won over two miles she goes no he'd be the only one I would ride and I'm not just saying I'm a little bit biased obviously but I'm not just saying it but the best horse on the day didn 't win. you know mm-hmm. the best rider won that day because um one of the other jockeys kicked on down the back. She led for most of the way she let him go by. Very soft ground. He kicked on down the back, and she waited and waited till they got to the second last, and, and then won. And that was a fantastic day. You know, that was a, a crowning day for, for Val and John King as well. For a 14-year-old to win his first race over hurdles over two miles was a, was a, yeah brilliant yeah.
0: And now there are O'Brien juniors about are, to yeah 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 frighten f- the life out of you.
1: Yeah, no, they don't. I, I get very so I, I, I love going. I love going. Fern, Fern is my eldest daughter. Mm. Daisy doesn't ride, but Daisy's brilliant. Loves coming and racing. Talks more than I and do. And they're
0: always racing with you. I have been now. Yeah. I mean, for as long as I can remember.
1: Yeah, they have. They've always loved coming and racing. I've been very lucky, and I have, I've had that relationship with her mum And you know, we, there's never been any hassle between us. And I have them every Wednesday and every other weekend. And. You know, it's always been about the kids and what's best for them, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, Fern has 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 really got into the racing side of it and, you know, had a few ponies to start with. Daisy had the ponies to ride with and didn't go well for her and she doesn't like it the cold and doesn't like the rain so that didn't happen so um for she's, Fern,
0: a, she's a girl off my own heart I yeah <laughs>
1: she'd she, she love it fair, here in a nice fair weather rider, yeah. uh, but ferns loved it and 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 you know it's been lovely for me to watch her come through and you know she rides work very well and, and again i'm a little bit biased but she schools very well she schools the horse over hurdles and she she does all that very well and, and you know very lucky that sally found her a very good racing pony as well um, she had a winner at Ascot, a winner at Huntington, and, and yeah, and she, she just really, she, she just loves racing, loves, loves the horse.
0: Do you, you must give it the celebration of all celebrations when you see her winning it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd imagine it puts whatever you do at Cheltenham into the shade.
1: No, it doesn't, because what you see, it doesn't matter, uh, that's what people don't understand. It doesn't matter to me whether it's Huntington, like I say today, or whether it's Cheltenham. That, that, that high will still be, there's only a maximum high, that high will still be the same, you know. Um, and sometimes, okay, it might be a little bit more if it's if it's a, an owner or an a, a homebred or something like that, you know. But yeah, no, see for um, and when it asked it, giving it an absolute peach of a ride um, uh, um, was very exciting. But yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoy watching it. I don't get nervous. I, I, I you know, I, I look, I look forward to it. I just, I feel that, you know. I uh, I I'd be definitely a uh, a glass half full person, mm, and I, and, I, and I and I I just always look at the positives, and if things go wrong, they'll go wrong. She'll have her falls, she'll have her spills, and we'll just dust ourselves off and go again.
0: And just in terms of being a glass half full person, that must make it much easier when you're trying to communicate. In the way that you have chosen to to communicate, i.e., you do an awful lot on social media, you're out there, you're very much selling the product all the time. It must make it a lot easier if you are by nature
1: an optimist. Again, you know, I'll go back to talking about luck because out of out of sheer luck, I met a chap called um, Dr. Simon Gilson, who's a, now in, in shares with me, uh, and 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 the doc who's a, got a very good medical practice of his own in, in Cheltenham around around the Cotswolds, um, does all our social media. Mm. So we're the same age. Uh, he drinks my share of cider that I don't drink, and he just loves racing. He's got a huge passion. When he qualified as a doctor, he moved to Cheltenham because he wanted to be near the race course. Um, he just gets racing. He gets me. Um, and, yeah, it's just it just works so well. And, you know, he's at the yard, you know, two or three mornings because we start early. He's there two or three mornings a week, takes all those lovely pictures. And he puts out there yesterday he put out there you know whether I should wear a cardigan or not today really? and we had 600 tweets about it you know people replied so you know Chatham, Chatham was was um, on the Friday when it was cancelled he decided we do a pub crawl um, he had 25 or 30 random people and met him in the first pub and they just went and did six pubs so he's got an in- insane energy huge huge energy and and he loves racing and that comes across you know so um, yeah so social media is all down to him mm. Um, and like I say, so I'm just—I've been very lucky to meet the right people.
0: And he is the man who got the Mayor Wizard sleeve passed by the BHA naming
1: committee. He was indeed. He won't take any credit for it because he keeps trying to blame me for it. But um, we did get an official letter from the BHA in my name, um, which told us that they were going to look at, at, at further horses being named, which I thought was a little bit harsh. But, but- there you go. She has the name Forever Now. She has and she's in fall actually too. Oh. She's in full to, to Passing Glance. So he's got some cracking names for that one I <laughs> <laughs> Any
0: suggestions just tweet well, us. Tweet us. Uh. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Al basti Cruel Dubai.